Hi, it's Vana. Welcome to Midlife Confidence. I found that bringing our glow back in our middle years comes from learning to manage our own mind. It's time to love your life and love yourself. Join me on a journey as we discover our midlife confidence. When's the last time you did something creative and really enjoyed it? Do you consider yourself a creative person? And what does creativity add to your life? Well, I think creativity can be really satisfying and even part of healing our life. And so today I'm so pleased to have a friend with me to talk more about this. I want to introduce my friend Brad Tier, and Brad is an accomplished landscape artist. He has a really unique style. He uses this thick paint and he loves to paint outdoors. And I just love what he comes up with. So Brad, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about you? Sure. I originally was an illustrator. So most of my background is in illustration up until around 2000. And then I transitioned over to landscape painting. So basically what that means is I have a fairly you know, good background in drawing and the basics of art. And, and so it allowed me to you know, you know, pr- pursue the other field. Right now I live in Providence and have lived there for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was illustrating, uh, my late wife and I, we lived out in New York and in, in Connecticut for a little bit. So I worked in New York City for quite a while. And yeah. my first assignment was with the New York Times. And so I did a lot of illustration for magazines and mm-hmm. newspapers. And then I gradually transitioned into more book covers. And mm-hmm. then I also did a little bit of children's book illustration. Cool. Yeah, when I knew Brad back when he was in college, he was already doing illustrations for some of the local news, which I always thought was pretty impressive. So I encourage everyone to follow Brad on Instagram. His Instagram channel is at Brad Tier, and his last name is T-E-A-R-E. I just love seeing his paintings come up in my feed on Instagram because social media can be so busy and noisy. And when his art comes up, it's just this moment of peace and beauty that you're giving to the world, which is so cool. <laughs> Thanks. You know, I feel the same way about your podcast. I, I always listen to it every Monday morning and it brings a lot of tranquility into my studio. So it's a good way for me to prepare to paint. Awesome. Well, like all of us, life has delivered some unexpected and even deeply painful challenges to you, right? And I know you said that you found that painting and creativity have been one of the things that helped you deal with it. So we'd love to hear a little bit more about your story and your thoughts on creativity. Sure. I think, you know, as I've thought about the passing of my wife, and how I've dealt with that, I feel like you almost have to live your life in preparation for some kind of tragedy, because what I found after her death was that nearly everybody has has some tragedy that encroaches into their life at some point. And so I've sort of thought of creativity as sort of what a stockbroker might call a stop loss strategy. And that is that you have certain disciplines in place that will help you get through you know, the, the disaster, you know, like the stock market mm-hmm. crashing or something. Okay. Yeah. 
So in other words, like if you have like a spiritual practice in place and if you exercise regularly and you have good nutritional habits and that sort of thing, you are more robust and you might say you can withstand these tragedies. And I, and I think, you know, the creative life certainly has been a massive aid and help to me to get through this very difficult time. And I mean, she passed away two and a half years ago. And so, I mean, I'm still in the process of recovering from, you know, that loss, if, if indeed you ever fully recover, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say I'm transitioning to a new, a new life without her. But creativity has been amazing. I've got an amazing studio, and whenever I walk into it, it always, you know, brings me joy. And it's one of the ways I can really kind of re-energize a little bit. So if you're going to, you know, have tragedy in your life, and everybody will, you need something to um, distract you from that, certainly. That's a part of it. There are deeper elements to it than that. Yeah. I think I heard you say last time we talked that a friend said to you, oh, you're not going to be able to paint or something like that because like this is so hard. And yet you found that you were able to keep painting even in the midst of that early tragedy and grief. Right. It helped you do that. Well, I mean, to some degree, it's a little bit of a mystery, except for the fact that my wife was also a painter and I... I wrote on the bathroom mirror with a dry erase marker that, you know, Deb would want you to press forward. You know, mm-hmm. she'd want me to keep moving forward. So I had a very strong commitment that that's the way she would want me to live my life. So, you know, that strengthened me for one thing. But, I mean, this kind of comes back a little bit to what creativity does for us. And that is creativity is just kind of a, a form of growing you know, it's, it's an intellectual process, but it's also a physical process. You're not truly creative if you don't manifest that in the material world, you know, your ideas. Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of growing creativity. And so I think just, you know, having a growth mindset gives you the, the capacity to kind of push through difficult moments. Mm-hmm. I love that. So you're an artist and you're the classic person that we think of as a creative person, right? The definition of creativity, like artists and musicians and things like that. Why do you think that we all have a deep desire to be creative, even if we aren't an official artist? You know, I've thought about that. And that is one thing that all artists are confronted with is people come up to us and they say, oh, I'm not creative or I'm not artistic or, you know, various you know, forms of that expression. And I think most people are creative at some level. And I think largely it might be a way that we've sort of conditioned ourselves to respond to the creative life or what it means to be an artist. And there's a lot of myths and misconceptions about what it is to be creative and artistic. First off, we we should define an artist as a person who's creative. So, you know, an artist it kind of suggests that they do landscapes or portraiture or something like that. But I think it's better to you know, redefine that whole category of thinking about the world as just creative types. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's it's different is there's this theory, the, the 10,000 hour theory. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you are familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. That's That's a real phenomenon. 
And if you practice a very highly disciplined art, you need to, you know, really put in the hours and really make that work by, you know, getting a strategy that you accumulate all the techniques and so on. However, you can shorten that process by using your own creativity in your process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like we have a divine desire to create because we are children Mm -hmm. of a creator. And so we tap into that kind of divine quality. I look at God's infinite creativity, right? I love plants. And so you look around at the variety and beauty that is so endless and limitless. It's astonishing. If you were going to guess, how many types of plants do you think there are in the world? Well, let's see. Oh, wow. It's, it's, just take you know, a I wild read, guess. <laughs> I, just, I just read a book on the Amazon, and it oh, was talking about how many plants are just in the Amazon. Half a million. Yeah. Yeah, there's is, hundreds of thousands. Yeah, there's like close to 400,000. Oh, wow. Different I'm species. Really so you're pretty close. Yeah. Oh, 100,000. <laughs> <laughs> well, God could have just decided, okay, there's three plants that are going to cover the earth. I'm going to do oak trees, boxwood bushes, and daisies, right? And that's what you see everywhere. Instead, he has this infinite, overwhelming variety, which just expresses his love and value for creativity. So I think that gives us permission to lean into our own creativity. That's what he wants for us. Right, right. No, I agree. And I, at times, this might seem like an odd thing, but at times, it seemed like being creativity was an outrageously presumptuous act on my part. <laughs> In other words, it was, that being creative is self-indulgent. Mm. And I had to kind of work that out. Well, our culture is so focused on usefulness, right? Okay. Productivity and usefulness it accomplishes something. And so shifting out of that into like, well, I like this thought, creativity is intelligence, having fun. I like just letting it be fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And another reason I think we love to be creative is so much of our work is repetitive and undone. Every day we cook and clean. Tomorrow we cook and clean again. It's always has to be repeated. Mm -hmm. And so it can be really satisfying to do something that lasts for a while. Yeah, it's extremely satisfying to engage in the creative act. Part of it is when you're creative, you're allowing your brain to function at its optimal state. Mm-hmm. And just like a colt running through a, a pasture or something, when your mind is just completely unfettered and roaming free, and it's just it's just so joyous. Mm-hmm. So when I paint, you know, I... I come in in the morning and I've got usually have a painting that I'm working on. I, I can just relax into that. And it's just, it's just the way my mind works. And so it's just very natural. You know, Leonardo da Vinci said that drawing should become as easy as breathing. Mm-hmm. But I, I really like that because here, here's why that's important, at least to me. And that is, if you're going to be creative you have to find a creative expression that syncs perfectly to the way your mind thinks, the way your, mm-hmm. where you, your brain functions, you know, the way you approach the world. Well, when you're young, you really don't know how you're going to end up. Yeah. You know, you, you have an idea. So like my artistic journey, the way I paint is somewhat of a surprise to me. I actually thought I would end up painting a completely different style. So I think that's a really good sign that, you know, that my journey has been 
unique and well-suited to the way I think about the world. Yeah. I love that you shared this because creativity is a process of self-discovery too, right? We learn more about who we are and what we're like and what we're capable of and what we love through being creative. It's an expression of ourself. And it can take a lot of practice to kind of get down that road and find out what feels right to you. Do you think it's too late once we get to midlife and maybe we've been busy with other things to pursue something more creative? I think a lot of people would just feel like this isn't useful. It's a waste of time or I'm not good at this. I already know I'm not good at this. Right. Right. Well, there are probably several reactions that people have at midlife to a creative option. You know, one of them is to say, well, I've never been creative before, so I certainly am not going to start now because it's just not within me. I, I don't have it inside of me. And I reject that. That's not true. Human beings, we're such creative you know, entities. I mean, we just we just create stuff. I mean, that's what we do. Another thing might be is you think it's too late. And that's another false thought as well. And I think my wife is a good example of that. We went to illustration school together. So this will really illustrate how, how people are different. She needed to see what she was drawing. In other words, if she was going to draw a still life, she'd have to set up some flowers and a vase and everything and draw. And I could just draw you know, that out of my head. I didn't need to look at things. So I worked a little bit at, uh, through college in the animation business. And that was just simply you know, drawing images out of your head, you know, backgrounds and so on. So we, we had a different way of approaching art. But as it happened, we were only going to be able to have one child. And so my wife, she wanted to really dedicate herself to being a mom. So we packed up everything and went out to New York so that I could make the kind of money that was necessary, you know, to support the family so she could be, you know, a, a full-time mom, which she loved to do. And so from roughly about the time we got married to the time our daughter graduated from high school, my wife, she didn't really do much art. I mean, she hardly did any at all. But I think maybe some of your listeners will identify with this. When our daughter went off to college, she felt a little bit adrift. And so she wanted to return to her art career. And, and so she did that, you know, midlife, really, I'm going to say. She's probably around 40 or 42. Mm, that's so cool. Like her desires and like what she had put in years ago was still there, right? It was still there. Waiting it, to be it expressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't go away. It is like riding a bicycle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, I, you know, actually she was able to express her artistic talent at a much higher level quicker than if she had kind of toiled through all the years of dead ends and dead alleyways I went down. <laughs> I mean, I did, I did a lot of different types of art. I mean, I did really, really kind of intellectual looking editorial art. I did wood engravings, I did wood cuts, I did color wood cut landscapes. I did all of these things that by and large, now when I look back, it seems like it didn't really pan out all that well. And Deb, using creative shortcuts, was able to have a very good art career within a matter of years after she started painting. So it was, it, was, it was really unusual. And the way she did that was creativity. She says, how, how can I get to where I want to be the fastest way? So if anybody's interested, they should look for Deborah D-E-B-R-A, T-E-A-R-E. -E -E, 
and her her websites will come up and you'll see her work was very developed and very beautiful i just love yeah she got a lot of attention and it was in you know galleries and museums all over right yeah Right, right. Her, yeah, her career. I mean, so I was, you know, toiling away doing my whatever it was, and she just kind of rocketed it out of the uh, starting gate to mix my metaphors. But I think it was very unique, and I think it's it's well worth remembering. Is you can tailor your artistic career to be whatever you need it to be. I want to make sure people realize and remember that creativity isn't just like the very tangible things we think of, like. We talked about music, maybe theater, making jewelry, interior design, or writing a book, right? We think of those as creative, but I really love that less tangible creativity is about problem solving, and that can be in so many arenas in at work, at home, and like thinking out of the box, designing a process to get things done, that is very creative too. So people have different ways of expressing creativity. It's more about putting your mind to work and see how can you create something new that didn't exist before. Right. And we bring things together that already exist and put them together in a new way that's just our own way. Right. Right. I agree 100% with that. How do you think creativity can be a coping skill to help us get through hard things? We talked a little bit before, like it can be a distraction, which I totally agree with. Like when we're overwhelmed with difficult emotions, then being creative can help shift our mind in a different direction. Uh And not that those, the loss or grief or frustration completely goes away. It might be in the background, but it can reduce the level. Yeah. Uh Right. Well, you know, as you recounted what I said a few moments ago, characterizing art as a distraction, maybe it's a little superficial, because I think, imagine a world where there is no art. Everything in your house is stripped out. I mean, all the molding, you know, all the interesting, you know, architectural detail, you know, all the texture in the carpet, all the texture in your lampshades, all the ornate, you know, hand railing and all, all of that. If you stripped out all the art, all the creativity out of our world, it would just be a horrific you know, place to be, really. And the art instinct really is about trying to help us collectively deal with grief, you know, the tragedy of life. So mm-hmm. art, in some ways, is about trying to transcend grief, trying to transcend the inevitable losses of life. So you might say that art, for me personally, it is just helpfully distracting when I create something that I really know is amazing in the studio. I can share that with other people and I feel like I'm helping them to transcend some of the difficulty of life as well. Mm -hmm. I have had moments when I've really felt like I've transmuted my grief into something really beautiful in my paintings. Mm -hmm. And I don't know exactly how that works. All I do know is that I did not have that darkness creep into my work like some people anticipated with the loss of my wife. So I've been really grateful for that. There's nothing wrong with expressing the shadow part of our life. That's a real part, you know. There's nothing wrong with expressing that. and, And maybe you need to get that out or something, you know, so that you can maybe move on or or you can transform it into another type of art or another way to help people. I love that word transcend so much 
I think that is the root of what is so deep and meaningful and beautiful about creativity. Also, I think that looking at how we deal with some of the hard things in our life, we can choose things that are consuming or producing. And there's nothing wrong with some consuming going on, you know, sitting and watching a movie or scrolling social media. We all do that at times. It serves its purpose. But noticing if mostly what we're doing is consuming in order to feel better, watching screens or shopping, right? The ultimate consuming, (laughs) just taking things in, just consider like you might find more peace. And as we said, transcendence in producing instead of consuming, just looking at how can you create and find a way to give to yourself and to others instead of always taking in what other people have created. I I agree with that. I I also think that creativity can become an activity that is so satisfying that it's sort of self uh, perpetuating. Mm. And and yet the end product is positive. So many of our ways of distracting ourselves are addictive or wasteful at best, you know. So the creative, you know, act has a positive material benefit and it changes you as well. I, I had, was um, talking with some friends and artists when they get together, they always like to philosophize about stuff. And sometimes we get a little pessimistic. Art hasn't changed anything and nobody cares about it. But I said, well, that's not true because art has changed me. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I really like that. And since we're you know, constantly talking about our purpose and making midlife meaningful, we have decades ahead <laughs> To talk yourself out of starting something now because you feel like it's too late or it isn't useful, you could be cutting out something very beautiful and transformative in your life. I believe God gave us midlife as a time to focus more on developing ourselves. We get a little more time at the end, which I think is so intentional. So think about how you can bring more creativity into your life. And Brad, I just want to thank you so much. Is there anything else you would like people to know before we end? Hmm. Well, you know, I've gotten a lot out of your podcast. And you had a formula that says thoughts yield your feelings. And then your feelings yield your energy level. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that. I love that so much. One reason I love that is it's easy to remember. It's much easier than the cognitive behavioral therapy formulas. Okay. <laughs> it's essentially very similar, you know. Mm-hmm. But one thing about there's a real connection between energy and creativity. Mm. And so if you can get your energy levels up, you'll find that those creative juices starting to flow again and it can be a really beautiful thing in your life. Yeah. So go find out what's there for you. Brad, that was really awesome. Everything that you shared, I think it's going to be so helpful to people listening. It has been for me. So thank you again. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. If you feel like there's something more for you, you're right. As a life coach, I teach people in midlife to see what's been getting in their way and how to clear it up and get on with what they want next. This is the perfect time to update your mind. You'll know how to feel better now so you can get those important things going. I'm always happy to chat about your life and what you want. All you need to do is get in touch with me. You can email me at vana at midlifeconfidencecoach.com, contact me on my website, midlifeconfidencecoach.com, 
or message me on social media. I'm at Vonna Davis on Instagram. You can learn more about working with me on my website or Instagram. All that's in the show notes. Take care until next time.